and welcome to the weekly check-in podcast with your host, Tim Prendergast. We're living in very different times at the moment. So each week, let's take a glimpse into the lives of some of our colleagues, finding out a little bit about well-being and how that's being optimised, find out how people are adapting to this new way of living, find out some top tips along the way with some good news stories as well, and a whole lot more. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the episode. Welcome into the weekly check-in podcast. We're up to episode number 21. I'm Tim Prendergast, fresh from a week off. Uh, so we are back and back with a vengeance. It gives me a great pleasure to introduce uh, this week's guest, Julian Robinson. Julian, uh, hello. Hi, Tim. How are you doing? How was your week off? Good? Uh, it was very good. Down in, uh, in sunny Bournemouth, I think a very underrated part of the country. Some lovely uh, golden... Lovely. Uh, Lovely part of the world. It's nice. I did did a week's camping or a few days camping as well. You just come back really refreshed. So it's really good. Absolutely. Absolutely. Less about me and more about you. So um, indeed, always love to sort of start off with them. And the the beauty of these podcasts is that it's an opportunity to get to know colleagues from all around the business. So um, I'll start off with with who are you? Where where do we find you today? And and, what's your business? So, yeah, so I'm, I'm fairly new to the kind of Sandan Dev family. Um, I joined at the, the back end of last year um, from HSBC to head up the client management team um, within Invoice Finance. So um, I'm proud to kind of look after 16 experienced people who you know, really come across passionate about kind of meeting needs of their clients and, and out and about with seeing their clients. And I suppose I use the word family as I found it, found the culture really a bit like an extended family since joining. Um, not not just within invoice finance, but but more widely, everyone was just really, really welcoming, really helpful, and I've really sensed this kind of feeling of can do and want to do across the organisation. Um, today, you find me as you will have done for the last 169 days when I totted it up earlier um, in in pretty much a kind of normal 30s suburban house just on the edge of Taunton in Somerset um, that my wife. Lucy and I bought about oh, four years ago as a as a bit of a fix me up project. Um, I think everyone who visits the house sort of says it's got great potential, which I can translate recently into it's a bit of a money pit. Um, so there you go. I'm kind of fortunate enough to have a, a separate room to work from. Um, and although it's, I must say, beginning to feel like a bit of a prison cell, I am kind of blessed with some great views over the Somerset countryside. So I've got the, uh, the Quantock Hills, which are an outstanding area of natural beauty. To my right, if I peek out my window, and then to my left, I've got the Blackdown Hills, where you might find me on a bike um, if I'm feeling a bit energetic at the weekend, climbing up a few steep hills. Wow! So that's a little bit about me. Amazing, and uh, yeah, amazing, lovely part of the world. And you mentioned the last 169 days, um, and having listened to a few of the podcasts, you'll know it's always you know, nice to sort of check in with people. How has that? And particularly for you as well, really new to the business. So how has it been sort of in that relative isolation of uh, working? <laughs> well, I suppose, you know, it's been interesting and that's probably an understatement. Um, you know, as I say, I joined with a kind of number of priorities in mind and also joined sort of trying to meet people across the organisation. And I think that's that's been quite, quite challenging as well, given that we've kind of all gone into lockdown and you're not just sort of bumping into somebody um, in a corridor somewhere. Um, but, you know, I've spent some time getting to understand the business. Um, I think it's always important before we try to make any changes so that you have a really good understanding um, of what's going to go on. And then kind of kind of COVID hit and things change rapidly. So I suppose work-wise, I've spent 
rightly the last sort of five months or so just working with our clients making sure that we're supporting them through what's been yeah, an absolutely horrendous period for them you know we've seen clients with turnovers drop to virtually zero overnight um, and you know we've had to find ways of working with them and along with our ccb colleagues just to to assist them and support them but then we've seen some really great examples of people kind of diversifying and growing and we've seen sort of businesses switching from being distilleries into into making um hand gel sanitizers and of course we just really had to naturally focus on on risk and you know i'm really grateful to my team for putting so much effort and i'm really proud of which they've adjusted to the way they've had to work and they've worked really hard um you know often juggling child care and health concerns and, and not missing a, a beat while they've done it personally i suppose for me um i've always worked at home a few days a week so it's not been a you know dramatic change for me but I suppose I have over the time found myself wishing for a bit of a change of scenery. Um, someone uh, commented to me this week that it can feel a little like we're living at work. And I suppose, you know, I've, I've been particularly mindful of that and, and we need to be particularly mindful of it as an organisation. Unfortunately, I've got Lucy around and we can sort of chat at the end of the day as to how your day went. But I'm conscious that a lot of people kind of do live on their own. Um, you know, and we've made sure that we're kind of checking in with those sorts of colleagues to, to just to to double check that they're okay and there's some social interaction going on. Um, but hopefully now with kind of restrictions easing, most people are able to meet friends, it's it's just getting a, a bit better for people. I suppose for me, on a positive note, um, it's been really great to see how we've adapted to the new technology. Teams and Zooms are great examples. Um, it saves so much travel time, it's reduced our carbon footprint, um, and it's been welcomed by clients whose kind of feedback is saying it's really convenient for them. Um, I think it's something that we really should start to embrace going forward. That said, I'm a bit zoomed out um, with so many meetings, um, but I suppose from a well-being perspective, I have tried to actually use the Zoom link, funnily enough, because I think it's it's much better to um, it's much better to sort of see people than just sort of speak to them at the end of the phone and actually sort of see faces. Um, and interesting, I was reading an article recently where some research said that it was it would take as little as three months for some of the bonds of a relationship to kind of start to break down um, so I think it's really important to invest in and in maintaining those kind of relationships in the moment that's why I think Zoom and Teams are just excellent ways of just sort of seeing people's face-to-face -face, um, when we can't necessarily do it at the moment yeah for sure for sure um, you, you touched on it in, in the answer there about some of the you know, the, the challenges and, and also the rewards of, of seeing you know, customers um, uh, reinventing themselves and all that kind of thing. Um, you know, as a, as a people development manager, I'm very much a, a layman in terms of banking and things. I'm uh, getting into the world of banking and don't know a lot about invoice. Uh, can, you, can, can you give me the sell? Okay, so... The, the, the big sell on invoice finance so it's it, it simply Tim it's just a way of actually releasing um, funds at the point at which you make a sale to your your customer rather than waiting for them to pay at a particular point in the future I mean I suppose simply put you send us the invoice and we'll send you the cash um, but it, it is more complex than that and, I, and, I, and over the years I've learned so much in the about how the way the business works at an operational level how they trade domestically and internationally and how the issues they face in, in the issues they face in dealing with different types of debtors, large, small household names such as Tesco's and Amazon. Um, I suppose each sector is unique, and we get to see um, deep into those those unique quirks. Um, they all function slightly differently. For example, a business trading with retailers will have lots of 
rebate and marketing support contributions requests of them, whereas an engineering business might have raw materials sent to them by a debtor to machine. So you really get an understanding of how businesses work and the issues that affect them and the things that you need to take into account so that we really tailor a facility to, to meet the client's needs and at the same time protect Santander from the credit, operational and financial crime risk that we all face. So I suppose we get to meet some really interesting people and entrepreneurs. Uh, I've worked with some some really fantastic people. I've worked with this, a great example is this dentist I've worked with that accident, accidentally founded his kind of multi-million pound pharmaceutical business from his dentist chair, literally having been asked by the chemist downstairs if he knew where to get a particular drug from, um, to working with some major household names across um, you know, multi, multiple countries and they all face different challenges. So this, it's a really exciting part of the business to work from in terms of kind of exposure into different sectors. And I suppose you get a really strong sense of how businesses work operationally, how they split into the supply chain, um, and then an insight into kind of the legal and contractual issues that can affect the debtor book that we fund against. You know, I guess you quickly learn how to assess what's good to fund and what's not. So it's, it's, it's a really dynamic and a really exciting place from just the sheer amount of exposure you get into different, different issues and different sectors and different problems. Yeah, fantastic. Um, so, I mean, the great part of this podcast is, is sort of almost getting that mapping of the, the career journey. And, and part of my younger career is when I was an athlete, I got to go into lots of primary schools. And, and you know, one of the questions I'd ask is, what are you going to do when you, you get older? And obviously you've got footballer and uh, police officer and all these amazing dreams. But I, I seldom came across banker from a, you know, a seven-year-old <laughs> kid um, when asked what they're going to do when they grow up. So, I mean, are you the anomaly? Were you sort of for banking or, or yeah can you talk us through a little bit about your career journey and you know for those that are maybe starting out any words of wisdom or, or advice yeah sure I mean I, I suppose you, you you touched on a great point there honestly I can't say that when I was a kid and anyone asked me when you want to grow up the first things out of my mouth would have been I want to work in invoice finance um <laughs> I think I probably kind of ended up here by accident if I'm honest um I, I remember kind of a, a, a career conversation I use that word in inverted commas with my with my parents when I was about 18. Um, I just finished my kind of A-levels and was pondering, or perhaps you could even call it dithering, on uh, what I wanted to do, whether I wanted to go to university or whether I wanted to sort of start my life out in the big wide world. And I suppose the conversation went along the lines of, so son, what do you want to do with your life? Which I responded, I don't know. Uh, parents came back with, well, have you considered banking? Um, a bit of a look of surprise on my face, I guess. They, they continued with, look at Tony over the road. He works for a bank, has a good job and a nice house. How about banking? So to which I probably replied cautiously, maybe. And the next thing I know about my mother is she's quite proactive and half a dozen applications for various banks, management training schemes landed on my desk. Um, and a few months later, I found myself starting working as a management trainee um, with, with NatWest in their invoice finance business. Um, and I guess I've never looked back since then. Um, I studied for a, a degree part time, which was um, quite a sort of tough gig whilst whilst working and trying to sort of fit those hours in. And at the end of that kind of uh, two year scheme, um, I then took up a full time role and I've, I've worked in sort of a, a multitude of different roles across the invoice finance business. So I've worked in the kind of audit function. I've worked as a client manager. I've worked as a business development um, manager and um, finally into a, 
into a leadership role, which I you know really see as a as a real privilege to be leading leading people um, and having them put their trust in you. I suppose, despite kind of initial ditherings, uh, each move was planned. I kind of gained the right skills and was able to move on to the next role, or at least had kind of the complementary skills. And I've kind of made use of a lot of training. So things like our My Lining resource um, has always helped me. Um, I think, you know, recently I had, a, had to have a difficult conversation. I just felt I needed a bit of a refresher. I looked into there and there was a kind of a video how-to guide, which was really good. So, you know, you, you kind of always keep learning these things. Um, I've also spent a bit of time working outside um, the invoice finance world in kind of credit roles and as an RD for a while as well, just to broaden out my skill set. Um, I guess, see the world from a different perspective and, and perhaps make me a bit less one dimensional. I think having a broad range of skills and experience makes you valuable to any organisation. I suppose, finally, if I was to kind of offer any reflections to a, a much younger me, they'd probably include, um, I suppose, be yourself. Don't let opportunities which you're interested in pass you by, but also be realistic. Um, if the time isn't right, be patient. Um, I suppose there'd been one or two roles where I've initially felt, God, what have I done? Um, albeit with a bit of work and determination, it's all worked out. Um, be happy in each role, enjoy it, and don't look for the next one too soon. Give your time, self, time to grow into a role. Um, I think probably early on, I was a bit too eager to kind of progress and didn't really sort of enjoy what I was doing at the time. Um, and make sure you've got a broad range of skills and if necessary, go find them somehow. So, you know, I in the past wanted a bit of project management experience. So I kind of put my hand up to work on some projects on the side of my desk. And I think finally, the one that's most important is, is be authentic, find yourself, um, find the inner you and bring the great bits out and bring those, those great bits to work because that really will be appreciated by the people that you, you kind of work with. And, and I suppose just if you were wondering what I'd have done if I had been asked as a kid, I'd have probably said an airline pilot, that would have been my dream job. Yeah, awesome. Oh, well, thanks, Julian. And I mean, every time I ask this question, that word authenticity comes through. And um, yeah, some really, really sage advice there. So thank you for that. Um, we want to get to know you a little bit better. And, and part of that is to find out a, a little bit about your tastes over the last few months. Have you got into any Netflix series, any films rediscovered or discovered, music, books? Can you tell us a little bit about you know, or recommend anything to us? OK. Oh, God, this is... Uh... This is this is where I started to go through my um, my iPod the other day and was um, as to quite horrified as to what it would make me make me look like if anyone was to sort of steal it and break into it. Um, I suppose musically, I, I love a good um, I love a good festival if I can get off to a, a festival. So um, I've done kind of uh, Glastonbury a few times um, and um, and been off to some of the smaller ones as well. So I guess kind of my music tastes are fairly eclectic. Um, if I sort of make a recommendation on a few that I love, um, there's a band from the Southwest called Mad Dog McRae. They're kind of um, gypsy folk rock. Um, absolutely fantastic. Mike, the lead singer, is normally a bit tiddly when he sings, so it's always um, even better. Um, but then, you know, it depends what mood I'm in. I might sort of go for a, a bit of dance and electronic right through to sort of folk or, or classical. So it just depends what kind of mood I'm in. Um, Netflix has been well and truly, I think the, the Netflix button on the remote control is actually starting to wear out in this household. So um, we've done a lot of that in, in lockdown. Um, some things that we've, we've watched, we really enjoyed. So I can thoroughly recommend the Umbrella Academy, which is kind of a, a kind of a, a fantasy uh, adventure story about these group of kids with uh, powers and they get sent back in time to kind of solve some mysteries. Um, 
Ozark is is pretty good. That's um, a really good kind of um, uh, thriller around um, this guy who gets involved with the cartels and has to actually start laundering money for them and trying to work his way out of that with his family. Um, And a good one that we're still trying to watch the rest of is Bosch, which is um, a pretty gritty sort of cop drama set in um, in LA, I think it's set. So um, there's some good stuff um, that we've we've been really watching there and um, actually kind of forced lockdown has been it's been quite good just to catch up on a few things that have been on the list because i don't know about you but the, the family kind of sends around recommendations quite a lot and you end up with a list as long as you're on and never the time to watch it indeed yeah that's good ones there mad dog mcrae i've never heard yeah I'll ch- I'll ch- thoroughly recommend if you want a good foot tapping jump around stomping sort of band to go to look them up awesome cool all righty so quick fire around five questions uh, that you have had no prior preparation for yeah might be a, a bit that scares me the most <laughs> <laughs> then it might be a couple of repeats from previous episodes uh first of all um did you have toast with breakfast this morning yes what was on it uh this morning i had plain toast but I would normally put um, uh, blackberry jam on it. Brilliant. Uh, you talked about being, you know, going to festivals and things. Best gig you've ever been to or best act you've ever seen? Uh, God, that would have to be the Rolling Stones at Glastonbury. They were absolutely awesome uh, several years ago. Oh, amazing. Okay. Uh, I know you, you mentioned cycling before. I know you like to get, keep active. What would, be, what, would you just, what would be your best, your greatest sporting achievement? Uh, so I used to um, I used to swim competitively. Um, I kind of was in the water probably most evenings a week and several mornings a week up until um, up until kind of early 20s, I guess. Um, and we used to hold the club championships. And I do remember one year when I was perhaps about 14. I don't want to sound boastful, but I did win. I think it was about 14 events. I think I won about 13 of them. So that was probably my best achievement ever. I was really proud of that. Wow. What level did you get to in your swimming? Um, I'd sort of swam up to um, sort of national standard um, for for a while and was sort of swimming at national level, um, but then kind of like job um, job and booze and pubs and stuff got in the way and that was the end of that really. Awesome. Um, talking about booze, um, when have you been to a pub since lockdown finished? Uh, yes, we have. What was your first tipple? Uh, pint of real ale. Pint of real ale. Brilliant. And lastly, classic mastermind topic knowing that you can't have your profession as your chosen topic what would it be uh it would have to be modern history because i got a bit of a I, I do like a good book about sort of modern history so something by andrew marr or something like that or uh, is, is always quite interesting so um, yeah modern history fantastic brilliant um and thank you for for all of that and thank you for your amazing answers throughout the, the podcast um as always, the, the last sort of question is, is over to you, really. Um, and yeah, I don't want to preempt what you might say, but I know that obviously Martin, who's, who's head of Invest Finance, is, is moving on soon. So any, any words to, you know, to, to him or just any, anything that you want to say just to close the, the podcast? Yeah, I'm trying to sort of keep it reasonably, reasonably succinct. But yeah, Mar- as you say, Martin is moving on. So, you know, um, Martin recruited me into the business um, back end of last year. Um, you know, I just want to say thank you to him. I've learned a lot um, through through that the time I've spent with him. Um, I think he's done some great stuff in sort of setting the groundwork in place for the IF business to be really successful in the future. Um, Haley's joining us. I'm really looking forward to to her to joining. Um, I've had some great conversations with her already. So um, I think we've got a really exciting future ahead of us. 
I suppose on that sort of thing about learning, um, you know, I think that's probably the one thing that we always continue to do. Um, and I think the last six months has probably shown us how just how fast we can adapt to change and how we kind of learn from, from new experiences. And I think, you know, as individuals in an organisation, we need to continue to embrace that change. I think we need to keep working together. It's, it's the teamwork and the support that I've seen over the last six months has probably been one of the most powerful memories uh, for me. Um, I kind of recently listened to an interview with Chris Hadfield, who's a, a NASA astronaut. He's served on um, two shuttle missions and commanded the International Space Centre. And whilst he was sort of being interviewed, he talked about overcoming obstacles and, and kind of working together. And I think his kind of quote sums everything up about you know, what we've had to tackle at the moment and what we probably will have to continue to tackle. So I think his quote really is, here's how we can and not why we can't. And uh, I think that's a great, a great motto to kind of live by. Yeah. Love it. With that, Julian, appreciate your time. Thank you so much for being guest number 21 and we'll catch up soon. Thanks very much, Tim. Take care. Bye now. Thank you very much, Julian. And what a way to finish with the, the quote there and uh, very much that can do attitude, which I think, um, you know, the, the, the ethos of the bank over the last few months has certainly been lovely way to start the podcast as well, knowing you are new to the business and, um, you know, appreciating noticing the, uh, the family type atmosphere that we have here which i think is, is very refreshing as well so thanks julian for being our guest on the weekly check-in podcast next week very excited we welcome back uh, for the first time we welcome back a, a, a guest of of weeks gone by and uh, it will be with delight to speak uh, to tim hinton so be sure to join us then for now though take care of yourselves and we'll catch up with you next week bye for now